Hello, and welcome to another edition of Cliff Notes. Today we're going to be talking about a subject that's been in the news quite a bit for the last couple of weeks, and that's the uh, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mike Milley, and his actions before and after before the election and after the insurrection on January 6th. Um, many people f praise him, and a lot of others say that uh, he overstepped his authority in uh, what he did. And uh, I'm um, here to kind of uh, weigh in on what I feel about the situation kind of give you a little bit of background on General Milley, what I found out about him. And uh, I'm not going to get too deep into his uh, bio, but uh, kind of give you some, uh, uh, some um, aspects of uh, who he is um, and um, why I think that personally he's a, he's a hero and I don't often use that word, but in this case, um, I feel that he is, and that he may have been one of the, the few people that uh, had the, uh, uh, the spying and uh, the, at, in the right place at the right time uh, that uh, uh, may have uh, kept to... <laughs> Uh, this uh, this world from going nuclear war, and I'll explain why I feel that way later on in the, in the podcast. But uh, first things first. Um, uh, Mark Milley is sixty three years old, and uh, he's a career um, uh, army officer, and he's chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Um, he was educated in Ivy League schools. Uh, Princeton, Columbia University, and the Naval War College. Uh, he's held a number of prestigious uh, staff and um, command positions uh, with uh, many uh, uh, first-to-go uh, combat divisions, and that's a first-to-go is a military uh term for elite combat infantry divisions. Uh, so um, I'm not going to name all of them, but uh, a few of them are the 82nd and 101st Airborne Division, 2nd Infantry Division, um, 10th Mountain Division, and uh, 25th Infantry Division. Uh, these are all... Um, uh, highly decorated and uh, battle-hardened um, first-to-go um, combat divisions. Uh, so um, uh, he's had plenty of experience in the field. Uh, he was uh, also commander of uh, three corps at uh, Fort Hood. I don't know whether that's a, a plus or a minus. Fort Hood, uh, if for... Uh, those of you that don't know, has been uh, uh, plagued with uh, uh, 
a number of rapes and um, murders of female military active duty personnel over the past several years, um, and um, just a whole host of problems. Uh, I don't know whether it was during his uh, tenure there as uh, command general. I don't believe it was, but these things probably have been simmering for quite some time. Uh, Fort Hood also is uh, known to be a cesspool of right-wing and fascist um, activity. So um, I don't know whether that's uh, a feather in his cap or not. Uh, but uh, uh, those are just some of his uh, postings in his career. And um, he uh, has uh, uh, gone on to, uh, to command and uh, staff uh, postings in a number of uh, other uh, prestigious uh, 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 positions in his military career. Um, he also was instrumental in getting um, uh, the, the two-volume study of the Iraq War uh, officially um, entered as the Army official version of it, I should say, um, against a lot of uh, internal pressure. Uh, because it uh, is not f uh, favorable in many instances uh, to the U.S. military. Um, it, uh, it shows a lot of, uh, well, it basically uh, tells the truth um, in many instances uh, about what was going on in Iraq. Uh, the uh, U.S. military's uh, 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 real reason for um, invading Iraq, the, the whole lie, big lie about uh, weapons of mass destruction and the fact uh, that uh, uh, the U.S. invaded Iraq because George W. Bush uh, wanted to do it uh, for oil and for revenge uh, uh, because uh, uh, Saddam Hussein uh, uh, threatened his daddy. Uh, so, um, but uh, he persevered and got the, uh, the study uh, entered as the official army version. Um, the, uh, the other thing that um, came to light um, earlier uh, last year was his speech at the... Um, uh, the uh, the National Defense University um, dinner, uh, where he basically apologized for being part of that uh, infamous photo op uh, with the with the with the orange turd, where they uh, gassed and bludgeoned the, uh, the protesters out of Lafayette Square so that asshole uh, Trump could go and pose 
with uh, an upside down Bible um, in front of uh, the, uh, the church. Um, he admitted that uh, he should not have done that, uh, that uh, the military is, has always been and should continue to be apolitical and that his presence there was, uh, was inappropriate and he was wrong. Um, and uh, that uh, uh, he was used uh, by the Trump administration and by the, the orange turd in, uh, in particular uh, to, uh, to further uh, political ends. Um, and um, he regrets having done that and that he would not do that sort of thing ever again. Um, so his actions after this speech, um, you know, sometimes people, uh, say things to cover their own ass, uh, and to, uh, make uncomfortable situations, uh, go away. Uh, but, uh, as I go further in the podcast, uh, I think that, um, his actions, uh, bear out the fact that uh, he truly meant what he said at this uh, this uh, this speech, and uh, that he um, um, he learned from that experience, and that uh, he truly uh, decided that uh, um, at that moment, at least, if he hadn't before, uh, that uh, Trump was. Uh, 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 a, uh, a, a menace and that uh, uh, he may be called upon uh, in his uh, position as Joint Chiefs of Staff to do some things that um, uh, were going to be uh, out of the, the, the norm. Of On October 30th, he received a call from his counterpart, a General Lee, or a lie, depending on how you want to pronounce that, uh, from the People's Liberation Army in China. Um, it, it was not exactly a, a, a friendly call. Um, General Lee was extremely um, concerned about uh, the rhetoric uh, coming from uh, Donald Trump um, and um, they were uh, extremely worried that uh, if uh, Donald Trump were to lose the election, that uh, he would do something uh, that stupid, like uh, start some sort of military operation or launch, uh, even launch a, a nuclear strike against uh, China. Uh, and um, Mark Milley has a five-year relationship with uh, General Lee, or Lai, um, and um, he was able to uh, use that to uh, that relationship to assure him or reassure him that uh, uh, nothing like that was in the offing, uh, that uh, he would... Uh, 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 
assure that he would let General uh, uh, Lai know uh, about something uh, of that nature uh, if uh, it would ever come to that, that they, he would give them a heads up, and, uh, but that uh, everything was stable on, on our side and that they should not worry uh, that something like that was uh, going to happen. Um, now, he didn't have any authority to say that to General Lai, and uh, he is not, by he, I'm speaking of uh, uh, General Milley, not in the, the, the command chain for launching a nuclear strike. The, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff has no authority uh, to initiate or to stop a nuclear strike. Only the president uh, of the United States can initiate or stop a nuclear strike. So, but he obviously uh, could not uh, uh, say that to uh, General Lai. Uh, so, with uh, that was on uh, October 30th. Uh, and he started to get calls from other uh, military and uh, uh, civilian um, uh, leaders from around the world um, at, after the election because as uh, it became obvious that uh, the, uh, the orange turd had lost, uh, his rhetoric became more and more uh, 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 belligerent and his uh, uh, his mental state became more and more unstable. Um, on January 8th, after the uh, insurrection of January 6th, where uh, he incited a mob of traitors to overrun the, the capital, uh, and um, uh, to uh, try to find and potentially lynch uh, his vice president and the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, um, he received another call from General Lai, uh, this time even more concerned uh, that uh, uh, Trump would uh, do something stupid, uh, and um, that uh, the uh, the government uh, of the United States was unstable. Uh, he again, after uh, a very long conversation, uh, convinced uh, General Lai that the the government of the United States was stable. That sometimes democracy looks sloppy, but that's the nature of it. Uh, he lied. The, uh, the government was not stable. It was not run by a coherent, stable individual. Uh, it was just the opposite. But he had to tell him that uh, because he needed China to calm down uh, because he didn't want any miscalculations on their part. Uh, because if they felt that a first strike was imminent from our side, well, what do you think 
they would do. Uh, they would potentially launch a first strike on us, and then the game would be over for everybody. So uh, he, again, uh, was able to convince uh, General Lai that uh, although it looked bad on television, that everything was under control. Um, so he, uh, along with uh, the other joint, the other chiefs uh, uh, of staff, uh, signed a letter that uh, stated that they would not obey any unlawful order from Trump, um, and he also, in a, a unprecedented meeting with command officers that were in the line of command that would uh, be responsible for initiating any attack or nuclear strike, um, had them individually voice their understanding that before they would initiate any orders from Trump or his Secretary of Defense, that they would clear it through him before they would initiate any, any, any orders to launch attacks or a nuclear strike. And he had each one of them affirm that directly to him. Now, this is unprecedented. I've never heard of this before. These people are, are generals, brigadier generals, major generals, colonels, and he had each one of them affirm it directly to him so that there would be no uh, comeback later from any of them that they misunderstood, that they weren't there, uh, any of that bullshit. So he was taking no chances that a slip-up would uh, be made by any of these these uh, uh, command people uh, and uh, Armageddon would start. Um, so um, he was uh, he was uh, uh, doing everything in his power to keep uh, things in control and uh, to keep the world from sliding into the abyss. He was also getting calls from Nancy Pelosi, several calls from what I understand, stating that Trump is crazy, he's out of control, and he was agreeing with her. And he didn't give her specifics, but he was telling her, I'm doing everything I can to keep him from doing something that would uh, be something that we couldn't back away from. That's all he would tell her, but uh, the backstory to what that was was just explained to you uh, in, in uh, the, uh, the, uh, the earlier part of the podcast. So um, the last thing I want to cover uh, is the, uh, the debacle uh, in uh, the withdrawal from uh, uh, Afghanistan. Um, it uh, was reminiscent of our uh, withdrawal, our final ass-kicking uh, out of uh, 
Vietnam, literally all the way down to people hanging from aircraft uh, and, and falling to their deaths. Um, and from what I understand, General Milley had advised the Biden administration and the National Security Council that troops should not be withdrawn until all U.S. and Afghan personnel who had worked with us had been evacuated. If that meant going past the August 31st, or I, I, let me back up and say uh, the September 11th deadline, uh, then so be it. Uh, and he also recommended that uh, Bogman Air Base should not be turned over to Afghan uh, personnel until this had been accomplished. On both of those counts, he, he was ignored by uh, the Biden uh, administration and the National Security Council. Also, uh, intelligence reports, Biden had received intelligence reports that um, the Taliban had been making deals with local and provincial leaders so that they uh, uh, would not have to fight each, each province, each local, each town, let me back up and say each town and province, fight through each of these uh, uh, provinces uh, and um, as they uh, marched towards Kabul. That's why they were able to take over the country so quickly. They had already made deals with uh, these, uh, these local and provincial leaders. Um, that's why the advance was so swift. And the Biden administration had intel on this and um, did nothing with it. So um, it was not the... Uh, the Defense Department's uh, a fault that um, uh, it was it was uh, such a clusterfuck uh, at the end. It was Biden and his uh, his administration's refusal to um, accept the uh, the advice and the intelligence reports from the field. I mean, intelligence is only as good as uh, your willingness to uh, to use them, uh, the information that's given to you. If you get good information, but you refuse to act upon it, then what good is it? And uh, it's uh, it was apparent that uh, for whatever reason, Biden chose not to accept any advice uh, from Milley or to uh, to uh, to act on any of the the Intel that was coming from on, on uh, from Afghanistan on the ground from his Intel sources so that's why it was such a, a disaster at the end uh, and then the final cherry on this shit pile was the killing of uh, an entire family Um from a, a drone strike uh, that uh, was a um, supposedly 
um, ISIS uh, target that turned out to be bogus. So that was the, the final uh, disaster in a 20-year disaster, uh, I should say a, two, a 2 trillion 20-year disaster in Afghanistan. So, and um, the other thing that I'll leave you with is the fact that there is, that one man or woman, if we ever do get a, a female uh, president, has the power in their hands to end the world. My feeling is no one person should have that kind of omnipotent power. Period. So with that, on General Mark Milley and the events surrounding um, the election and the, um, the insurrection of January 6th and why I feel that he should be praised for his actions uh, during this time. And um, I'd like to get your thoughts and comments on it. As always, you can uh, reach me at cwalkerwire at gmail.com. Until next time, take care and have a great day. I'll leave.